Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee and welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I am very excited to be joined by special guest Jenny Rice today. Jenny is a mindset and accredited executive coach and the president of Your Holistic Earth. The diversity of Jenny's business and life experience has afforded her dynamic opportunities to educate, support, and coach professionals from all backgrounds, which has led her to her mindset and wellness focus. Jenny helps her clients get to greatness by focusing on more productivity, less stress, increased goal setting and achievement, um, a success mindset, and a sense of calm versus chaos. And Jenny believes that you should always capitalize on your greatest asset, which is you. I love that. Because I always tell people the best investment is investing in themselves. So that's very similar to what I like to tell people. Um, So thank you so much for being here today, Jenny. I'm really glad to have you excited for this conversation. Um, Yeah, so just to get started, maybe can you give us a little bit more background on, you know, you and what brought you to doing the coaching work you do today um, and the focus you have on mindset and all that? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. And I'm so thrilled to share my story with you and, you know, your listeners, because I think, you know, my story isn't unique, which I I wish it was, but it's not, Uh, you you know, my, my world or my work world was always based in showing up at work, being the best, working hard, digging in. You know, I was raised by serialpreneurs. My family is a legacy of entrepreneurs. So you work hard, you put in the time, you do all the things. So what I realized over a period of time is I was suffering in silence. And I think many of us can relate to that. I was in a place where I was in constant overwhelm and, you know, not sleeping well, my health was failing living in this place of anxiety and, you know, just really not living my best life, but to the outside looking in, I was a rock star, top of my game, super successful in work. But what I realized in that moment was I was actually choosing to live a life of unwell. And so that really led me to taking what I love and what I do and move into coaching and focus that as my full-time role, because I was just like people like you and people that are listening. I know what it's like. So when you have somebody that can empathize with that, but also hold you accountable, it's really, really powerful. So, you know, we don't have to do it alone. And I think that's, what's really important. So that's really what led me to that, uh, to this passionate place of wellness and coaching. Yeah. I love that. And just saying, I guess, normalizing or just, you know, reminding us that we go through that. And so it's, it's okay. And 
but it is often like it's kind of hidden under the surface. So we get, we get the compliments of like, you do so much and I don't even know how you manage to do it in a day. And inside you're like, I don't either. <laughs> I guess I don't get enough sleep. Um, no, I love that. Can you elaborate a little bit just even on you know, about coaching then and what people can expect. Cause it's sometimes when I tell people like life coaching and working with a life coach, they don't really even know what that means. So can you give some kind of insight into what that looks like for listeners? And I think what's important to know is not all coaching is created equal and not all coaching is the same. And most of us know coaching from being kids, being coached by, you know, athletes, those kind of things. And everybody coaches slightly different. So the modality of coaching that I do is really non-directed. And what's different from what we might know from being in school as a coach, you're taught how to do something, they tell you how to do it, and then you do it. So the coaching I do, and that a lot of trained coaches, we focus on empowering the person. And that I think is the biggest thing is co-partnering with them to create solutions, to work with the client so they can move forward and create long lasting change. And that's gonna be the biggest thing that's super important because if I come in and just tell you what to do, you're kind of in a role of in that habitual cycle of doing the same things. Eventually you're gonna rebel like we all do. Nobody wants to be told what to do and you're not gonna do the things that make you successful. So a coach is somebody that's a safe place to share your greatest fears, your biggest concerns, and tell the truth. So I focus in the business world. I am an executive coach. And when I'm working with people in business, majority of them can't share their greatest fears because they are like I was supposed to be at the top of their game and not show that there's cracks or flaws. So that's one of the most powerful things about coaching is you have somebody in your corner that's non-biased, that has zero agenda that you can actually have those deep conversations with to work through those roadblocks so that you can get get to a place where you're actually leading versus, um, you know, impacting negative results within your teams and that. Yeah, I love that. You're right. Because it's that whole when you feel you're on top of your game. Yeah, you don't you don't want to show that vulnerability to certain people. You want to keep that role of leadership or whatever it is you might be, but you're right. Having that place where it's very safe that you can, can talk through those things. Cause it is important that we reveal those vulnerabilities with someone who we trust and, and a coach is a perfect person for that. Cause yeah, that non-biased piece. Cause sometimes I talk to my mom, but of course, you know, your mom's always got your back. Your mom's just like, don't do that. Or don't let those people do it. I love it because honestly too, though, they have your best interest at heart, but they also, they're coming at it. And this is where I'm always like, never have your spouse coach you. And sometimes even not your best friend because they're, they actually are putting their own agenda on you as well, because they know you so well on different levels that they have a thought of how your life should look and be. (laughs) So, and they're like, just do this. And you're like, that didn't help at all. Okay. So coach, I mean, I'm all about coaching. And so I just want more people to know more about it because I think it's so valuable. And I always tell people that I think everyone needs a coach at different, you know, stages and phases of their lives. And it's maybe a different type of coach in, in each phase too, but it can be so valuable to help you get to that next level rather than struggling through on your own. So thank you for kind of, um, giving us some clarity around that. 
Um, can you tell us a little bit about, so we're, we're recording this right now in the start of a new year. And I think of new year as, as new year's resolutions and people have these ambitious goals. Sometimes we think about and set out to do, um, what are you seeing with that? Like, what kind of things are you seeing with people? Cause obviously we've, we've been through a very hectic year in 2020. So now we're starting 2021. And I think it's kind of like mixed emotions we're all having. There's, a, there's almost sometimes like an exhaustion, a, a hopelessness, but, a you know, trying to have some hope. And I don't know, it's almost like we're in two worlds and we're kind of going back and forth. So what are kind of the things people are coming up with, with you um, in your practice on like roadblocks or, or maybe new year's resolutions and things like that? You know, and I love that you brought that up because I think what's so interesting is, is we think there's going to be a light switch and it's going to be completely different in 2021. Well, it will only be different. Like you say, if you create new, new goals, new resolutions and move forward. So one of the things I, I'll quickly talk about, and then we'll jump back about um, talking about roadblocks and that. I really encourage people to look at building habits versus resolutions. Okay. And the reason habits are so powerful is they're lifelong habits. I mean, none of us remember that we didn't know how to brush our teeth. You know, this is something we do twice a minimum, usually three times a day. We just habitually brush our teeth. So if we can change it into a habit, that's going to be really important in order to create longevity and change. And a really great thing to do with that is dig into why you're creating this habit. So not surface level, why? Why? So let's use, every, you know, it's January. Everyone's talking fitness right now, right? Yeah. If it's strictly about vanity of why you're doing it, so about maybe how you look or you appear, that is not going to sustain you through the hard days. So I'm going to encourage you guys to dig into the why you want to create this new fitness habit, let's say. So my fitness regime is about building and maintaining a really strong body so that I can live a longer, healthier life. So I don't necessarily want years on my life. I want to be able to physically move longer and be more agile, as well as eventually one day I might have grandchildren. I want to be the coolest granny on the block and I want to be picking up, I'm throwing around everywhere. So whenever I kind of fall off my habit wagon of fitness, I'm, is this choice leading me to that deeper why? And if it's not, then it's, you know, dig in, know your why and step by step. And please be kind to yourself. You're going to fall off your wagon. You're going to fall off your habit building wagon, shake yourself off and get back at it. Be kind to yourself. And I'm going to ask you to pick one habit and build on them. You're like, you're like most of us. Okay. You're not alone. I do this too. I have this like huge list of all these a thousand things I'm going to do come January 1st. It's not realistic because you can't do them all. It's too overwhelming. So really dial it back, but build on them. So get it anchored, add a new one, get it anchored. So if we look at habits, that's a really powerful way to build them into, um, tangible reality, which is important. So I hope that kind of answers that for you, Kaylee. Yeah, I love that because I had my list too and I was not making, I was even doing like checks on them and I had like a whole spreadsheet and I was like, that's too many things in a day. So I love this just building on it. So maybe I focus on one or two right now and then introduce the other ones later on. Yeah, and, and that's going to be your biggest route to success, right? Your yeah. Route to success. 
because it's like getting on up, putting your runners on and I'm going to run 20 K. Yeah. When you can't walk around the block, I need you to reconsider the plan. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that your why, and then the habits piece, you're right. Cause it's so many, those new year's resolutions, they fall off by, you know, if you, it, when we used to be able to go to the gyms, I, we can't go to the gyms right now here in Alberta, but um, yeah, it's January is really busy. And then by February, it's a lot less busy. And then it just trickles out to being very quiet again in the later months. So yeah, I love that. Um, and were you saying anything else as far as like roadblocks or things that people are coming up against right now? Yeah, you know what? It, the state of overwhelm is very real. Okay. And my my biggest advice that especially when I, you know, I take personally and I do this, I'm going to encourage you guys to do this and when I work with my clients, so remember you have a choice. You have a choice in how you respond. You have a choice in in what you're doing in in all aspects of your life. And when you put yourself back into choice, you can look at what some of these roadblocks really are and determine if they're legit. We all have roadblocks and a lot of them aren't legit. They might be something we inherited from a family member that, you know, they say we couldn't do something or it's a perceived roadblock through work. Or, you know, um, I love, we'll talk about this if you want to, we can dig into it, like the, the roadblock around time, right? So just remember you guys have a choice and choice is our most powerful gift as uh, human beings because we all are given it. And yes, I know some areas we can't choose everything. So, you know, I'm not sugarcoating that, but when we think about moving forward and we look at uh, ways that we want to live and be, we do have choices on how we respond to those things. So um, that would be my biggest tip when it comes to roadblocks, choose to become very aware of the reality of the roadblock and get creative. Like roadblocks, there's always a third option. Come on, get creative. Yeah. And find out what that creative is for you too. Cause I, sometimes I'm really good at just staying stuck in the problem and getting nowhere. And then I was writing these things down of like, how do I get creative? Well, I have a six-year-old daughter, so go play with my six-year-old daughter. Um, so that's a very easy way, but other ways for me is like, listen to music, go for a walk. So find those ways that bring it out in you. Cause we, I'm very analytical. So I'm really good at telling myself, well, I'm not creative. I'm a numbers person. It's black and white. And so that moment of reflection for me but when do ideas come for to me and then remembering oh, okay when I go for a walk I get ideas when I so it's finding where those moments are for you in your life because we're all creative or we all have creativity in us so there's no excuse that we can't find those creative options love it yeah kids are great and actually ask them to help troubleshoot they have zero barriers <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) you have the greatest, greatest capacity to be creative. So a lot of times I will enlist my kids and that's brilliant because they, they're, they're a lot less fearful, you know, truth be told than we are. So yeah, less limiting beliefs. Okay. So let's consult our children. (laughs) Right. I mean, maybe when it doesn't come to your, you know, certain things, but they can get your mind going beyond where you normally would go. And I think that you know, we don't get them enough credit. Yeah. I love that. Well, let's talk about, so you said the roadblock of time. I think that's such a big one. Like I think time is sort of something, one of the ones we come up against all the, 
all the time. Like when we think of, you know, I have these goals, but there's not enough time in the day or like that might be a, a limiting belief then that comes up. I want to do this, this, and this, but how would I do that? If I'm a mom, if I'm working, if I'm, so can we talk then about that roadblock about time? Absolutely. Uh, time is something that I think is elusive to all of us. And honestly, next to our wellness and our health, it's one of our top commodities that we have. So I love to say and share this with my clients, and I'm going to share this with you guys. Please write this down on a piece of paper and stick it to your fridge. Habits equal freedom. Consistency equals freedom. So habits, meaning getting really clear on things that you can create routine around and things that you can um, implement in your daily life to maybe automate some things, but habits equal freedom. And I am a gypsy at heart. Anyone that knows me that likes to hang out with me outside of work, I want to be as flamboyant and crazy and, and spontaneous as possible. But when it comes to my work life and, you know, certain things in family, everything's structured because then when I want to play and go wild, I have the blo I have the time, right? So habits equal freedom. One thing we don't think about if we sleep eight hours a day and work eight hours a day, we have 72 hours a week to use our time. So that's outside of work and sleeping. We have 72 hours. So many of us have lots of time. We're just what we're choosing to do with our time. So I encourage everybody to do like a time stack and take a look at what you're doing. And literally, you don't have to get crazy. You don't need to spend hours on a spreadsheet. But legitimately, write down, take a day, two, three days, and write down everything you're doing. Where are you putting your time? How much are you on social media? How much are you, you know, where are you hiding time? And you'd be shocked where the themes start to show up. But what's cool about that too, you'll see those different areas uh, will highlight to where you're more productive and where you aren't. So when I talk about habit equals freedom, in that low production time where you're kind of maybe hiding in your emails or <laughs> searching the Instagram for new inspiration or Pinterest or whatever those, you know, those draws might be, what you can do is, sorry, I don't know if you could hear that. That was my dog rolling over. Uh, what you can do is actually put tasks in your day that don't take a lot of mind capacity or space in those low quality times so that you're not, uh, so just get really clear, you guys, where you're spending your time. So my one tip, other than doing that journaling, is I'm going to ask you guys all to look at your calendar. Look at your calendar today, review it, and what is in there that you said yes to that you should have said no to? And get it out of there. I know it's hard, but the reality is every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So if it's not a heck yes, it shouldn't go in your calendar and take that time because remember, it's our most valuable commodity. So yes. I know, again, dig into your why. Why is it important? So for me, my spare time is all about family. And whenever I dig into that spare time window, I'm saying no to my family. So get really clear on what you're saying no to when you say yes to something else. 72 okay. hours, 72 hours. <laughs> That's a lot of time. <laughs> So we have the time you're right. Like, and there's so much in what you said, like good tips in that about um, it's like taking that inventory. Cause I, even yesterday I had a day where I, I literally at the end of the day looked at the time. I'm like, 
what, like, what did I even do today? Where did it go? And that would have been a perfect time to reflect back on what did I do and, and where did the time go? Cause obviously it somehow disappeared into tasks that maybe were more of a, a no than, than they should have been and shouldn't have been on my calendar. But, um, Yes. Like actually going through a day. Like I tell this for people with, with budgeting or spending, it's like, you have to actually go through a month or a week and go through line by line item of where you spent money rather than going, where did I spend all my money? Um, So it's very interesting how we can do that with our time too. And then another thing um, I wanted to bring up too, with that is um, I was listening to an audio book and they talked about how much kind of like, I guess, brain capacity almost is like we lose when we're kind of flipping between tasks really quickly. So if we can kind of stay focused in those times, because um, it's so easy when we're maybe working away on something and an email pops up to just go, oh, I'll just, you know, go answer that quickly and then get back to it. But it's actually kind of taking time away from us because it's that shifting between and it might not be a lot, but that adds up if we keep grabbing the phone and looking at the, like you said, the social media or whatever bings and um, beeps at us. And so if we can kind of minimize distractions too, in those times. So important. Distractions is literally the, the, you know, the vacuum of time. (laughs) Yeah, no, lock it out, put your phone in a drawer, do the things, you know, and then at the end of the day, when you go to sit down or go to, you know, change from work mode to family mode or friendship mode or whatever mode that is for you, you can go with a clear mind. And that is such a gift, right? So part of that is kind of stems back to the beginning of, of our time together. And my story is I never let any of it go. And that, you know, that's one of the curses as a high functioning professional is not learning or being taught the skills to let it go. And part of that powerful thing. I'm not a big fan of using the word time management. I love to say I am the master of my time. Okay. Yeah. And I like that. I'm overwhelmed. I stop and I say that I am the master of my time <laughs> because then I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I'm just curious. Say it, Kaylee. I know that sounds crazy, but if you can say it and tell me physically how you feel when you say it. Yes. Okay. I am the master of my own time. Yeah. It's crazy, right? So all of you that are listening, pause for 30 seconds and say, I am the master of my own time. Yes. Let's all say it. And then keep saying it when it pops up in the day or when we're feeling like it's spiraling our day, get back into that center ourselves. Well, it puts us in a place of power. Yeah. Because chaos is, chaos is a fun place. Misery loves company, right? So PowerPoint, power position. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love it. Um, what else? Oh, I wanted to chat a bit about procrastination. That's Mm. one that always comes up for me. I think it's like that mix between like perfectionism or I'm not sure where it's always coming from, but it's, I think for me, that's where it comes from. It's like, I want to do something perfect. And then you find yourself not actually taking any steps towards it because, because of that. So it's procrastinating. Um, but I think it shows up for a, a lot of people in probably different ways too, but any ideas or thoughts on combating procrastination? Well, and you know, it's interesting because I really, I I dug into this a few years ago because I was, I'm not a procrastinator by heart, but I'm a procrastinator when it comes to things that I don't, I'm not excited to do, like maybe an uncomfortable conversation or, you know, dealing with my budget, (laughs) those kind of things. Um, 
I was not aware, and I found this so super interesting when I dug into it. So procrastination is actually about emotional connection to the actual task. So believe it or not, it's not about the doing or the actual task itself. It's about how we feel about the task when we're doing it. And when I kind of became aware of that, I realized very quickly that it was about taking control of my emotions during the task that had to happen because the task has to happen no matter what. So getting clear on what was stopping me from moving forward. So let's say it was an uncomfortable conversation. It was the fear of conflict. It was the fear of making that person not feel good or you know, how is it gonna be received? So just taking stock of what was gonna happen or why I thought it was gonna happen and getting clear on how I could handle it. Again, that choice piece, how can I show up at the best version of myself for that person in that conversation? How can I make it easier and clear? And it always made those tasks a lot easier. So I think just realizing procrastination isn't about being lazy. And a lot of us think it is. It's not about being lazy or not wanting to do the task. It's about how we feel and the motion that comes within the task. Okay. I've never heard that. So that's interesting. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Have you ever read the book, Eat That Frog? No. Okay. So it's a great book. Highly recommend it. I can't think of the author off the top of my head. I apologize, but it's called Eat That Frog. It's a very small book. And he really talks about the premise that you're supposed to eat the biggest, not that I, you know, recommend doing this, but he recommends that you eat the kind of the biggest, the ugliest, nastiest frog first, because it's the thing we need to get done. Right. And if we look at our procrastination, if you look at the things you've been putting off, I'm curious how many of us actually see that it's an emotional connection to the task and not the task itself. Yeah. And if there's like, if there's like a fear involved in that, is there any kind of ideas for what we can do then? Like if it is that, I mean, a lot of those scenarios, we don't know what's going to happen, but if it's like a fear of, well, what if this happens or what if I get rejected or what if, you know, someone judges me, you is know, there any? Yeah, because actually, and I'll tap into this a little bit around mindset, because it's really where we center in a growth or success mindset. Failure is where magic happens. And I know that's terrifying for people to hear, but that's where the magic happens. That's where it's our ability to learn and to grow and create awareness. So when we look at a project that we're, you know, putting off, we're feeling that bit of fear get curious about the fear. So when we talk about fears, a couple things to think about, is it legit? So generally speaking, it's a primal thing. Our amygdala part of our brain is we're wired to protect ourselves, thankfully, or many of us will walk out in front of a bus, right? Yeah. Um, so we want to honor that part of our brain. Fear is not a bad thing. We just want to see if it's serving us in the capacity that we really need it to do. So A lot of times, and it sounds pretty harsh, but I ask myself this question, am I going to die (laughs) if I actually do this task? No. Generally speaking, no. Then I look at the task and I look at the feeling behind it and the fear behind it. And what is the worst thing that can happen in this scenario? And generally speaking, just by asking those two questions, I kind of alleviate a lot of that that initial response fear because our minds are wired to react easily, right? Our brains are busy. They don't want to keep thinking about new solutions. It always goes back to a previous behavior. So start, you know, you're starting to reprogram your brain. 
by becoming aware of does that fear actually do something for me? Is it protecting me? And most times it's just, it's history that's repeating itself and we just haven't found a different way to deal with it. So those are the two biggest tips I can give you guys. Are you gonna end up on the wrong side of the earth if you do this task? And honestly is, you know, you know, what is your biggest reason? What is your biggest fear behind it? And then remember you have the choice. Choice again, it's a powerful thing. You have the choice on how you handle it. You have the choice on how you respond and the choice, how you set your intention when you have that meeting. So if I'm having an uncomfortable conversation, I make sure that I show up focused, open and willing to receive the information. And remember again, that failure is where magic happens. So being open to not necessarily having all the answers. <laughs> being flexible in the outcome. You know, it's not about everybody in a difficult conversation. If I win the conversation, that person doesn't win. If we both come up with a solution together and co-create, everybody wins. So it's, that's just an example, of course, but you can take that premise into all different, uh, different areas of fear for sure. Yeah. Okay. So asking, am I going to die? And what is the worst thing that can happen? No, but you're right. It's like our brains get so like, it's so primal in that where it's trying to protect our livelihood. And, and so we have to remind ourselves, no, I'm safe. I'm, I'm going to be okay. And truthfully, let's not forget you guys, there's enough for everybody. And I think that's, you know, somewhere we were trained somehow to be live in this place of scarcity and we have the most abundant i mean look at you know i'm not sure where everybody that's listening is from but i can tell you where i sit myself that i have a home and a roof over my head and i am safe so everything else that's happening and not everybody's going to be gifted with that i understand that but when we talk about our own personal fears we need to look at it from a lens of like okay really where, where, you know, how bad is it going to get? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not, we're safe from the bears or whatever was hunting us. In yeah. our home. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything like, it sounds like you said, you said in your coaching business that you do have this focus on mindset. Is there anything else we, we can talk about on, on the topic of mindset? Like, what does that mean? Um, how does that show up? Um, how do you work with people through their mindsets? Absolutely. And thanks for asking because, you know, mindset truthfully is a huge buzzword right now. It's kind of like one of the, you know, the hot topics, which I'm thrilled about. And I, you know, it's something we really need to shed more light on. Mindset is really about you either there, there's two sets of mindset. You either sit in a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. Those are the two extremes. Don't get me wrong. They blend. And many of us are a combination of both and our situations will allow us to live in both. So a fixed mindset though, it's, you're very rigid on. So I'll give you a couple examples. Fixed mindset. You're not open to feedback. You, you know, you are at the level that you're at. You're somebody that doesn't believe that you can learn to be greater if that makes sense. So you believe that people are gifted, they can't learn to become um, more than that. And uh, you are somebody that might be threatened by other people's success. Take that one with a little bit of grain of salt, because that also too can be part of that scarcity piece we were just talking about. But generally speaking, you know, you, 
it's you're very much in a box on how how success happens, how you grow, and and that growth mindset is where literally, like I said, mistakes and failures are something you get super excited about. So I, when I, the first thing I do when I work with my clients in reference to mindset is like, let's get excited to fail. (laughs) And you know, the horror (laughs) on their faces is very real. And I totally get it. But I love to bring forward James Dyson. I don't know if anybody out there has a Dyson vacuum. I know I do. I think it's the best thing ever invented. But that gentleman put out 4,127 prototypes before he brought the first one to the market. Wow. So you can't tell me that he didn't fail and make mistakes 5,127 times, right? So when we put it in that mass perspective, that seems extreme, but what that does, and this is something, you know, as I was struggling and sharing my story at the beginning, I wish I had been encouraged more to live in this mindset because when things don't go well, you learn from it. It's fine where when you're at the top of your game and you're hiding in your closet and you're not telling people that you're struggling and you're not great at everything in a growth mindset, you get this gift of saying, I don't know. I'm going to get curious about how we can do it better. I can get curious about being a leader in my team in different ways so with mindset and working with, with individuals, I really invite them to become researchers in their own life, in all areas. So yes, I'm a business coach and I work in that um, leadership you know, on, owner, but we're coaching the human being people. You're all people, we're all people. So you know, this all translates. And I think that's what I love about coaching is we touch one area of someone's life and it ripples out. So get curious, be the investigator in your life and your tasks. It can't be great the first time, you know, and I share this analogy all the time. And as you can tell, I probably my octaves have gone up like through the roof. I get super excited about this topic, but think about when we were kids and we were learning to walk. Or if you're a grandma or you have, or maybe you're an auntie or those kind of things. And you, you see that, that, that excitement and, and curiosity in a kid. And when they start taking their first couple steps, we're cheering them on. We're rock stars for them. And when they bail, we don't push them farther to the ground. We're like, Woo-hoo! we pick them up, throw them up in the air, put them back on their feet and start cheering them on. And that's where we need to get back to. It's okay. You can't move forward because you don't know what you don't know. And I think, you know, we forget that we need to be gracious with ourselves. We need to give ourselves the space to expand and to learn and to develop new skills and develop new, new ways of being. So, you know, I, this is something I really like to remind people and especially you guys listening, remember you aren't the same person that you were yesterday as you are today. And you're not gonna know who you're gonna be even a month from now. And you're gonna be changed from this conversation that we've had, which will turn you into somebody different. So how can you be expected to know it all and be at that place if you aren't open to discovering the next version of where you're supposed to be and who you are? So mindset is really about choosing to be in a place of growth and choosing to accept mistakes and failures as an opportunity to celebrate and learn. They're only mistakes and failures if you don't learn from them. That's how they live and stay there. 
And mindset is, a, again, about that power of choice, that power of, of choosing. And when you stand in a place of growth and growth mindset and success mindset, your wellness, your overall wellness, absolutely 100% naturally goes up because you're choosing a healthier way of being. So it's a really, um, yeah, I get super passionate. We could talk for hours, but I know we don't have hours. <laughs> no, but that's good. And are we saying then essentially there's fixed, you said, and growth. And if we're, if we're finding ourselves some of the characteristics of fixed, we don't have to stay in there. Like it's not this innate, like, oh no, I was born fixed. I'm stuck here. <laughs> but you're saying that we can shift into that growth by, like you said, engaging in, you know, learning, growing, being open to fail. Absolutely. See the magic failure, the, the yeah. magic happens. This is the beautiful thing about being human. We get to evolve. And, you know, like I said, you are going to be a plethora of both. You know, there's going to be time. There are moments in my life, granted, they're far and few between now, but there are moments where I'm like, mm, no, that's a <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. You're being a fixed, you're being a fixed. And you don't have to analyze yourself like that. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I see it now for what it is. And I'm like, you are being, so there are times where you're going to be both. There are going to be times where you're going to be in a high growth mindset just because of feeling safe. Right. And so, yeah, you can grow and evolve and none of them are wrong. I think that's something that's super important to know being in a fixed mindset isn't wrong. It might be right for a certain situation. It's being open. And I love you, you used that word. Yeah, being open to that, to the possibility of evolving because none of them are wrong and none of them are bad. They just provide you different opportunities. That's all. Yeah. And I like the example of the, you know, child learning to walk, falling, we all cheer them on. So we all kind of have a role to play too, that we can cheer each other on when we are seeing those fails instead of when someone fails being like, oh, kind of like backing off, but being like, yes, like, and pointing out the, that they're brave to do it and good, like what if like, and the learning lessons that there is so much of it that comes from that. And we get closer to where we are trying to get to as we fail. Yeah. Life is a sequence of problem solving. Yeah. Think of all the problems you've solved already before you and I even had our conversation, right? We were doing some technical stuff with zoom because it was being silly. You know, that was a, 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 all we do is problem solve all day. So we need to remind ourselves that we need to be curious about all the problems that we're solving and advocate for the people that we work with. You know, if you can take a growth mindset into a meeting, so that meeting can be with your best friend, that meeting can be with your children, that meeting can be with your significant other, but it can also be in your offices, your boardrooms. If you walked in and let's just say you made an executive decision and it blew up in your face. You can walk in and point fingers or you can say, okay, guys, let's look at what worked, what worked in this and what didn't. And if we wanted to make this better, how can we collectively make this better? Yes. I'd want to show up to work at that office. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no fear. Like you're not scared. You're right. Like that blaming and um, rather than going in and just being open to solutions and collaboration. And yes, that's so much better. Feels good does. I, I, I want to go to that office. Yes. <laughs> I want to go to that kitchen table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So. Yes. 
Yeah. The growth mindset. I love that. So I guess for sake of time, I, I mean, you've given us so many good sort of tips, pointers. Is there any kind of specific tip you want to wrap up with or leave the listener with before we end here um, on this chat? You know what? I think I'd love to just do a little recap. Just remember you are in control of your choice. I'm going to invite you to get quiet so you can listen to your voice. That's where the magic happens. Get super quiet. Habits equal freedom. Build habits one step at a time and never be afraid to fail. Yes. I love it. Let's write those down. Good summary. Um, That's what we're taking away. And how can listeners find you if they want to reach out to you? Oh my goodness. You guys can find me at uh, www.jennyricecoaching.com. And actually, and you know, there is a tool on there to actually assess your mindset. Oh, okay. So if you guys are curious, check it out. Cause it t- kind of gets, shows you what your default mindset might be in reference to different questions and stuff. So it's kind of a cool tool. Perfect. And we'll have the link in the show notes as well. Um, but absolutely go check out Jenny on her website. Thank you so much for being here. I love this conversation. It's Thank a good one for the new year. I love it. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, we need to tackle these things more often because the more we shed light to it, the easier it is for everybody. Thanks so much for having me. This has been amazing. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. And we will catch you next time. Thanks everyone. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you next time.